Stand up, Nuggets Nation. Denver Sports presents the Mile High Hoops Podcast with Zach By. Denver Sports is your home for the most Nuggets content. Now here's your host, Zach By. What is up and welcome to another edition of the Mile High Hoops Podcast. As always, I am your host, Zach By, And as always, I appreciate you spending a sliver of your busy day with me here on the podcast. Reacting to... One of the more embarrassing nugget losses of the entire NBA season. For me, there's no two ways to slice it. Uh, The 124-111 loss in Utah on Wednesday night on national television. Uh, This one sticks out. This one sticks out for all the wrong reasons. Um, For me, the final score was not truly um, indicative of how one-sided of a basketball game this truly was. Uh, This was a game that for me, um, and we'll get into some of the specifics here um, in a second, but uh, was decided in the first half in Salt Lake City on Wednesday night. Um, This was uh, uh, a game that, you know, you knew how well Utah was uh, playing coming in, right? And you know that Michael Malone emphasized this stuff. Okay, and Utah was coming off um, really a, a stretch where they were eight and two over the ten previous games headed into Wednesday night, and uh, it wasn't just a a, a, a run of the mill eight and two. Okay, this was an eight and two where the Jazz uh, dominated Philly and Philly, won by double figures. This was a Milwaukee or a um, Jazz team that went to Milwaukee. And not only put it uh, on Milwaukee uh, to an embarrassing degree, but guys, at one point in their win over Milwaukee in the previous game ahead of Wednesday night, the Jazz were up by 33 points in Milwaukee. That's almost unheard of, okay? And uh, they won that game 132 to 116. They beat the uh, Sixers 120 uh, to 109. Um, and again, a team that is just rolling. And if you just check out the NBA standings, um, you know, they're not going to stick out because even after the Nuggets win on Wednesday, um, they're still under 500. And and believe it or not, and, and this is a credit to Denver here, uh, that was the first loss of the season where Denver uh, fell to a team that was below 500. Literally the first time. It took until... Uh, January 10th, right? Um, so that's impressive. Best mark in the league against losing uh, teams. And if you remember, um, if you've been following the team for uh, a legitimate duration of time, um, that was an issue uh, for these Nuggets for years, you know, 17, 18, 19, 20. Um, and then they started to turn that corner um, in the title run season and even the season before. Uh, I think. Well, no, actually, um, I, 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 I'm not sure on that one. Um, but uh, certainly the title season and now this season, they have handled their business um, against losing teams, and they ended up getting handled on ESPN on Wednesday night. Um, let's just talk about the game really briefly. I'm not going to spend too much time on the game, be- and, and I'll, I'll tell you why, uh, is that Denver um, just wasn't ready to play, lacked energy, lacked focus, and they looked, in general, like they didn't want to be there, which is um, confusing. 
because they they weren't on some uh, you know back to back. That that wasn't the case. Um, Salt Lake City is not far from Denver, Colorado. It's one of the shortest, if not the shortest, uh, trip for uh, the Nuggets all season. Okay, um, they last played on Sunday. They had two full days off. So the approach, it, it, when you add up those factors, you are, are you are a rested team. You were on national television, okay, which is a little bit different, right? And in addition to those two things, you knew how well Utah was playing coming in. And to come out with no energy and to be so flat and to look tired, they, 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 looked, they looked like they, they were playing three nights in a row. Oh, that, that, that wasn't close to the case. So I don't really want to hear tired as an excuse. Um, so it's one of these things where it was just disappointing. There's no other way to slice it. Um, they were uh, lackluster from an energy standpoint. And, and Mike Malone talked about it after the game, like, and especially the stretch of games they have coming up, and we'll talk about that here in a second. It's like, dude, if you don't, if you, you like you, and we talked about this at the, at the start of the season, you are the hunted. You are the NBA champion. Utah gets to play on national TV against the NBA champions. Do you think they're going to be up for that game? Do you think there was a tickets available an hour before tip-off? I can tell you that it, no. So it was disappointing, and I hope they learn a lesson from that because we're going to come on here and react into more games like this if that's the approach here moving forward. Um, the game itself, um, just a couple notes, 124-111, um, game was never that close. Um, the, the house of horrors that is Utah, it's remarkable. Um, the, this team gets beat in Utah uh, like the sun rises, they have now lost. The Nuggets have now lost 15 of their last 16 true road games in Utah. Guys, this goes back to Michael Malone's first season uh, with uh, the Denver Nuggets, right? So, and the only win um, in Utah during that stretch is that famous, you know, magnificent seven game in 2020. Um, where, you know, you remember that they, they had seven guys. It was the COVID season. and uh, Or was it the COVID season? I for, I for, I, it's four years ago, and I forget um, the exact, off the top of my head, the exact uh, reasoning. But um, I think it was COVID. But anyway, uh, th you remember the picture on the, on, the, on the plane, and there's just seven dudes. It's like Vlatko and Jamal and Yoke and um, really, really fun, uh, fun night. That's the, that's the only win going back to the 2014-15 season. That's incredible. That was Jokic's only win um, against the Jazz in Utah. You, you wouldn't think that that's the case. And, and it's not like Utah is, it's not one of these places like we warn you about going to Atlanta, going to Los Angeles, and the entrappings for young millionaires, right? Um, that's not the case in Salt Lake. So uh, don't, I, can't, I can't really explain it. Um, the, the, the longstanding failures uh, stacked up over the years in, in Utah. Um, couple notes here from the first half. I stopped taking notes in the second half. Uh, fast break points, 16 to two at halftime advantage, uh, Utah. Um, they scored 71 points in, in one half of basketball. They, they, they shot 62% from the floor, um, of the 26 baskets in the first half, 21 of them came off assists. All right. They shot 50% from three in that first half, all right? And they cooled a, a bit uh, in that second half, which makes the final score a little bit more deceiving. Um, but just a disappointing 
uh, uh, first two quarters, just the whole game, really. Um, but the game was decided in those first two quarters, in my opinion. Um, the Utah bench outscored Denver 53-38. to uh, Jordan Clarkson, man. Man, if, if, if that was a debut for Calvin Booth, or not a debut, but a showcase for, for general manager Calvin Booth, man, I thought Jordan Clarkson was fantastic, particularly in that first half. Um, 16 points in that first half. Uh, seven assists in that first half. Uh, in the second quarter alone, that man, Jordan Clarkson, scored or assisted on 11 of Utah's 13 um, second quarter buckets. I mean, he was brilliant. And, 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 and Clarkson, and I actually, you know, I, I wish I had the phrase back that I used on, on the radio show um, on Wednesday looking forward to the game. Uh, talking uh, on the drive with Philip Lindsay, two to six on the fan weekdays, uh, I uh, said, "Hey, Jordan Clarkson is a professional scorer, and that's different, you know, from like a I don't know, say like a a, a Kobe Bryant who's gonna, you know, be on an all defensive team while leading the game, uh, leading the league in scoring or something like that. Um, just a one track minded scorer, Jordan Clarkson, and that that that's 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 not really who Jordan Clarkson was." On Wednesday night. Now, I think that's who he's traditionally been. I think big picture, that's the longstanding scouting report from Jordan Clarkson. But I thought he um, impacted the game in so many ways, was so manipulative off the dribble and finding guys and, you know, uh, keeping that ball moving and not being so sticky with it. So I, I was so impressed with Jordan Clarkson. Um, I would be over the moon if the 31-year-old guard found a way to Denver. Um, and I mentioned that we talked about it in previous episodes. He was an odds uh, that the Nuggets were the odds on favorite in some offshore um, gambling sites for Jordan Clarkson's next destination as he's in his final year uh, in Utah. So, um, I, you know, imagine Jordan Clarkson in those non Jokic minutes. Again, I don't know what they'd have to give up. And once we get close to their deadline, we'll we'll talk more concrete about what some packages will look like. But um, yeah, uh, he was brilliant. He was absolutely brilliant. Um, and the Nuggets were not. Uh, Jokic, I thought, played solid. Outside of him, I can't really point to anyone that that played well. Uh, Jokic scored 27 points on 8 of 9 shooting. Um, I bet his over 24.5 points, uh, and the logic there was um, in the previous game, he had only taken three shots, right? And I'm like, we've seen this before. We talked, we talked on Tuesday's podcast about that. Uh, performance and kind of tried to diagnose, trying to go um, uh, psychiatrist and diagnose why Jokic does what he does sometimes. Um, but I went back and looked at the four previous instances where Jokic, and there has been four this season, where he's taken single-digit shots. And um, I noticed the next game, the game following taking single-digit shots, and I still have it here in my notes, uh, he has scored 30, 26 31 and 34. So averaging 31 points a game following a game where he takes single-digit shots. He got there. He gets to 27 points. But guess what? He actually still took single-digit shots. And I believe that's the first time this year where it's happened in back-to-back games. This one was just felt and looked different than the others. I'm not clumping it, clumping it in with the others. Um, but, uh, yeah, outside of Jokic, you know, no one really uh, stuck out to me um, in, in any in, in any meaningful way. It was just a dud of a game. It was just a flat-out dud of a game. Um, all right, um, you might be able to tell I'm trying to keep my voice low. It's one of these times of the year again. I am battling um, something. 
Um, not sick enough to not be here, but not 100% either. Um, let's look ahead to the schedule, all right, as we um, uh, finish up uh, here. Uh, this next group of games, man, it's, it's real. It's real. And the world's going to be watching, all right? Here's what I mean. You came off that loss on ESPN. Friday night, uh, the Nuggets are hosting the Pelicans. The Pelicans are playing fantastic, okay? Uh, the Pelicans, uh, uh, right before the Nuggets got on the main stage, the Pelicans absolutely demoralized the Golden State Warriors to a degree that it was like Steve Kerr like sounded broken in the press conference. Google that if you haven't seen it. Uh, but this Pelicans group has won six out of seven games. Um, they are playing fantastic. They won that game against the Warriors in the Bay Area, 141-35. to In the previous game at Sacramento, 133-100. to I mean, think about the numbers here. You're talking about winning back-to-back -back basketball games on the road by, what, 70 points? If you combine the, the winning margin for both of them, incredible. I mean, truly. Um, so you better get your you-know-what together, or you're going to get embarrassed on your home floor on Friday night, if you if the Nuggets have that same approach as they did um, on Wednesday night, um, real quick, we'll do a snapshot look ahead um, beyond uh, Friday uh, hosting New Orleans. It's a matinee on Sunday uh, at one thirty in the afternoon at home, and then they'll turn around and play Tuesday in Philadelphia on TNT. It's going to be Embiid. It's going to be Jokic. The world is going to be watching that game. All right. And then they're going to turn right around on Friday and play in Boston against the league's best team probably right now, the Boston Celtics on ESPN. All right, so it's uh, a tough sledding here, truly. Um, uh, three of the next four on national TV, all against really good teams. I mean, even the Pacers, seven games above 500. So it's not going to be easy here. And uh, we'll see. We'll see what the Nuggets' interest level is. Uh, again, and I want to finish with this. What happened on Wednesday night has no bearing on how I think of the team, big picture. It really doesn't. I've just been doing this too long to overreact to a game in early uh, January. Um, but these next set of games will tell me the interest level of this basketball team um, in the middle of the season. All right? It's, it's, it's going to tell me a lot of how bad these guys want to be here, you know, the year after um, winning a championship. Um, so, all right, we're going to leave it there for now, guys. I hope that you are doing great. Uh, thank you for being here. Uh, please, uh, if you're watching us on YouTube in particular, um, if you're not, no worries. Appreciate you being here. But if you are watching on YouTube, uh, like, subscribe, comment, um, and put the notifications on so you never miss a video. Okay, um, we'll leave it there for now, guys. And we'll be back on Tuesday reacting to uh, the game on Friday night against New Orleans and then Sunday's matinee and then preview the 76ers game uh, that the world will be watching on TNT. Uh, and whatever happens over the weekend, you know we'll be back here talking about it right here on the Mile High Hoops podcast.